What's up guys, Josh here from the Rising Action Podcast. In today's episode, Grayson and I get into a great discussion about the new Tenet trailer. We also dive deep into one of the most used plot archetypes ever. So stay tuned for that, and now I'm going to shut up and get into it with Grayson. Good morning. What do you mean? Do you mean to wish me a good morning, or do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Or perhaps you mean to say that you feel good on this particular morning? Or are you simply stating that this is a morning to be good on? Hmm? All of them at once, I suppose. An excerpt from The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. <laughs> yeah! Legitness! Welcome back. Glad you could make it to your return. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. Welcome back to the Rising Action Podcast. Hello. Uh, I, I had all thing. I, I had all thing of like, ah, I see you've made your humble return back to the Rising Action Podcast. Didn't work. And then, and it totally just. just <laughs> it's like eleven thirty at night right now. So like, you know, you know, cut me some slack. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, welcome back uh, to Ri- the Rising Action Podcast. Uh, I am, of course, Grayson, uh, one of the lovely hosts. But I'm also here with Josh, the even lovelier host. Even lovelier. We're showering yes. me with compliments tonight. Listen, man, I'd, I, I'm not living in this negative world anymore. It's nothing but compliments now. Just positivity <laughs> all yeah. year long. Yeah, man. I'm going to be the next Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, I can never be Keanu Reeves. Um, you know, I mean, maybe. Uh, so this week, I feel like it's been a while since we recorded. I don't know why. Uh, it it's hasn't. Been like a it's week. been a week. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. This has maybe been a really long week. Um but this week, we are talking about probably one of the biggest concepts, storytelling ideas, etc., etc., uh, in pretty much any storytelling medium. It can be video games, movies, comic books, regular books, the whole shebang. Um, and that is the hero's journey. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Tenet trailer because yes. we are Christopher Nolan junkies over here. And I was like, you know, and for anybody who doesn't know, I do another podcast. And we talked about that a little bit, but it was more so of the entertainment implications of Tenet. And I was okay. like, I was like, well, I kind of just wanted to talk about what was going on in the trailer. So and y'all, like, y'all oh, talked about like, like its impact on the the entertainment industry and like the, the film industry and things like that. Yeah. And like it's how, like it's release date and like if, you know, Nolan getting, if, if, he would get pushed back if he released it and someone got uh, COVID and all that. Anyway, it, stupid. We just want to know if it's going to be good. Yeah. I just, I just want to see the movie to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to check out my other podcast, feel free to check out um, social media for that is at comic blast underscore. And you can just look up comic blast um, on literally everything. Any, yeah. I, I mean, Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, those are the primary four. Um, that's where I do my other thing. Um, before I even started doing this, but you're not here for that. You're here for rising action. Speaking of which you can find our social media at rising action underscore on Instagram. I think we've been doing that for a few weeks and Josh has made yeah. some pretty killer graphics on there and some cool clips. Um, yeah. If you, uh, go look, I posted, Let's see. We're recording this on a Monday, so today I posted our little 
uh, reenactment of a scene from the lighthouse from our last episode. Oh and, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. That was, that was, that was the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I and I thoroughly enjoyed that because it's just like I love like how the the quick transition in that. So if you didn't see our last episode, we uh, ranked our personal A twenty four movies, and um, and that was really really fun. Yeah, um, that episode was a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking of which, on A twenty four movies, if you guys haven't checked it out, Uncut Gems was put on Netflix today. Um, would highly recommend it. Didn't love it. It wasn't even in my top five, but still, please check it out because Adam Sandler and the Safdie brothers are like dope um yeah it's a pretty good movie pretty solid yeah um anything else i'm missing oh i guess our per- personal social social media probably need that uh, yeah so you can find me at straights their eight on both twitter and instagram facebook sucks uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at josh johnson 98 on instagram and josh j underscore 98 on the twitter yeah and you've been very active on twitter lately i feel like i've been Listen, Twitter is my favorite social media. Yes. Yes. Twitter is the best social media. This is why I deleted Instagram. Just kidding. I I just, no, I'm still on Instagram. I had a conversation with the official Redbox Twitter today. So that was Yeah. 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 Josh is enlightening enlightening me that the fact that Redbox sells Blu-rays for like really cheap, because obviously they don't come with the case or anything. And I'm like... It saves me more space to have them in that little red box. I mean, if you really want the case too, you can probably just get it on eBay or something. I will one hundred percent be buying the case for all the but like, ones I've gotten. Yeah, there. but for me, I'm just like, dude, like I can see myself just having. I mean, it's well, you can get one of those like disc organization things. Yeah, you know? but that doesn't look good on a shelf, Grayson. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, before we get into the whole, uh, I guess, topic of. Um, uh, the hero's journey. I was totally blanking right there. Let's talk about this little indie film called Tenet. This little minor budget, yeah. no this, the, major up and coming director, uh, Christopher Nolan. There's this guy named like uh, John David Washington. I think he's like the son of this this actor Denzel Washington. I don't really? know about him. Uh, there's Never also Robert him. Pattinson. Robert yeah. Pat- Who is that guy? Yeah, I no. He was in like he was, was in some in, vampire uh, movie. Oh, the uh, the one that all the teenage girls like. Uh, Hunger Games. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> he is Dude. Katniss Everdeen. Yes. Oh, man. Can we get that? Psych! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that was like the... It was like Harry Potter was like the first thing that like girls really went like kind of crazy over. And I was like... yeah. I'm like, dude, I like Harry Potter. And then and then like Hunger Games was like the girls went crazy over that and there was also Twilight, but I did not like Twilight. And then there was no. uh Hunger Games and I was like, I like Hunger Games. No. And then like and then I was like, I don't like Hunger Games anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the first two movies. Anyway, totally irrelevant. So this new Tenet trailer, uh, I don't really know where to start on it other than like it looks sick. It looks so good. The what the best yeah. thing I can use to describe how I think this movie will turn out is it looks like Inception, but just not Dreams. Yes, that's kind of what it seems like it's going to be to me. It seems I've I've stated it, and I think even Christopher Nolan has stated it before. Maybe that's where I'm getting this from. That it is a spiritual successor to, um, to Inception. I can totally see that. Yeah, and the fact that it's like. You know, 
weirdly like it looks kind of like this heist style movie where it's like you know and so like almost like an ensemble cast <clears throat> of like yeah and you're not really sure what's going on i need to go back and look at like inception trailers or maybe like that, just to see what those were like um granted those were very too like that was where the trend came for like the like the inception noise or right. whatever. remember that yep. yeah yeah yep um Speaking of which, the soundtrack on this trailer sounds incredible. And we, so, what happened is right before we started recording this, we synced up the trailer to rewatch it. Um, I'd seen it twice, but only on my phone, not on my like laptop. And uh, and he was like, "Yeah, Hans Zimmer." Josh was like, "Oh yeah, Hans Zimmer." And I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm like not Ludwig Hans Zimmer." Garanson. Yeah, he, which is like, he is, dude, he's, he's shot killing up it. The he ranks. did uh, Black Panther, and I feel like that was his first major one. I honestly he did the Creed movies. So so if you don't know, he's the produce like he is like the producer or like the the sound mixer for Childish Gambino. Oh yes, that was kind of his first like that was what like he's really big for. Wow, Um, I did not know that. Then yeah, and then he was in Creed one and two. He did Creed one and two. Then he got Black Panther. Then the Mandalorian, which mm. I think has an incredible soundtrack, Super it's good. so unique to that show. Yeah. And now the only reason he's doing Christopher Nolan's new movie, as I, I guess clearly he's you know he's impressed Christopher Nolan enough, um, is because Hans Zimmer is doing Denis Villeneuve's new movie. Because I know they're mm. they're both like uh, Hans Zimmer likes to team up with both of those directors, and he's just like <laughs> I can see him just sitting there, just being like Christopher Nolan's like, "Come help like, me," which and, then, one? And, then, and then Denis Villeneuve's like, "No, come help me," and he's like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and he's yeah. Like, but he's probably like, my buddy, Chris, Chris Nolan, what's up, bud? Uh, listen, I've been doing like every single one of your films since the dawn of time. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm going to hop over. And besides, like, I think he's going to kill it with Dune, but regardless. That soundtrack um, is fun. Like, it's just everything that Hans Zimmer touches is good. Hans, dude, so, Blade Runner 2049. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. It's anyway. Great. Um, so so tenant, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. One of the first things, and I, I mentioned this uh, a little bit before, but man, like, I am so excited for the actors in this movie. Yeah. Like the cast. Like I, I'm just one of those people who gets really excited for a cast, and I know you are too, because like a like a good cast can ex like make a movie just go up to an entirely new level. You yeah. Know? If you don't have the right actors and stuff, then your film is going to, you have to have to have the right people for the role, you know? Yeah. I'm honestly um, really excited for the, like, okay, Christopher Nolan does the whole breakneck pacing thing better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I just haven't seen a movie that has that Christopher Nolan pacing since Dunkirk. And even Dunkirk was kind of slow for yeah. him. But like Dunkirk is probably his first. I was talking to someone that was probably his, like one of his only movies that wasn't like it was pretty grounded in reality. Yeah, like it's like okay, it's World War Two. Yeah, like that's it. You know? Yeah, and he's got a he's got a set kind of thing of events that he's using, which is why he did that whole like three different timeline thing to kind of make it quicker. Yeah, for the um, record, I have not seen Dunkirk, but I'm planning on I'm trying to watch what? all of the. Yeah, dude. I. Yeah. Oh my, dude! I've got three copies of Dunkirk. Okay, so I'm driving to North Carolina. <laughs> I've got 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD. I've got all Holy of them. Holy crap. 
I don't know why. I just really yeah, like... Man, you really like that movie. I just like Dunkirk, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, continue what you were saying about the breakneck pacing and all of that stuff. Yeah, I just haven't seen a movie that has Nolan's pacing since the last mm-hmm. Nolan movie I saw. Yeah. Um, And he just kind of really knows how to... He just makes a movie fast, man. Like, I yeah. don't know what it is other than... I mean, I, I can see it. Like, I can see what he's doing. It's mm-hmm. just that I still don't know how he does it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just really excited for a really great plot. Um, I know oh, there's yeah. going to be super cool sci-fi stuff involved. And just awesome action scenes. You know right. it's going to be a really sweet... Like It's like... I think it's probably like an action sci-fi thriller. It's going to be like a sci-fi thing. heist movie, I think. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm yeah. saying. And I mean, you've got like... Uh, so you've got John David Washington and, and Robert Pattinson who... Robert Pattinson, I'm just so happy for that dude because, like, he's one of those guys that, like, he pretty much has, like, a – he's going to have an awesome redemption story when yeah. it comes to his career, Hollywood. Because, yeah. like, he – I thought he was incredible as Cedric Diggory in the Harry Potter movies. Like, and that was – he did that before Twilight. Right. And people forget about that. And Cedric Diggory, for anyone who doesn't know, is my favorite Harry Potter character. That's a discussion for another day. Um, but – he did that. Then obviously he got a really bad rap for the Twilight movies. People were like, "Oh, yeah, you." And then when <laughs> so then he, when he got cast as Batman, people were like, "The vampire guy." And then I was like, <laughs> "But it's like, like this okay. guy's been doing indie movies yeah. and I'm like, okay. killing them." I'm like, "Please see Good Time. Please see I have not seen High Life. I'm actually I, Okay, I actually have the Blu-ray for High Life because my friend gave it to me because he said he hated the movie so much. He's like, I don't want it anymore, and he gave it to me. What? Yeah. So we're gonna watch. I'm gonna watch that soon. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then what was it? Um, and then obviously the Lighthouse, which, holy crap, man. Yeah, I want to talk like, about you, a performance. Jeez. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that last week yeah. with, with the lighthouse and everything. We even did our little performance. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I am very excited for his character, which I think he looks incredibly charismatic in that. Then obviously you've got your people like Michael Caine, who is in every freaking, every single Nolan movie. one plays the I'm, same character in yeah, all of them. He's like, I'm a mentor figure. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> he's like master Wayne. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. I like, failed you. You trusted me. And, and I, I failed, failed you. <laughs> God bless Michael Caine, though. I, I love Michael Caine. He's great. Yeah. Dude, have I ever, ever shown you that meme of uh, Tangerine Alfred? Yeah. <laughs> the ruby, the size of a tangerine. No, no, no. It's like, so it's like a Pickle Rick knockoff. Oh, really? Like, he turns yes. himself into a tangerine? So he goes, Master Wayne. I'm a I tangerine. turned myself into a tangerine. I'm Tangerine Af- uh, Alfred. Like, <laughs> I have the picture of it. It's my favorite. That's incredible. It's just, it's just Michael Caine's face on a tangerine. <laughs> That's wonderful. Dude, it's great. Um, anyway. I'm letting, I'm letting my goofiness just really like ruin the, the quality of these podcasts. Nah. And I, need to, I need to let it stop. Um, Kenneth Branagh plays like the villain yes. in Tenet, right? I was about to say, Kenneth Branagh was the next person I was going to mention. So he was in Dunkirk, correct? Right. He was yes. fantastic in Dunkirk. He had like like a very small part to play, mm-hmm. but he did so good. Yeah. 
And he's been in a ton of movies, but that might have been one of my favorite roles. He has he's been, been in a lot of movies. I remember, yeah. I think probably his like biggest thing was, he was also in Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, the, his biggest thing was uh, the one of the Hamlet interpretations. He did he Macbeth. Was in that. He did Macbeth, okay. Yeah, he did. I know, a, I know no, he, I know no he was in Hamlet, Macbeth. though, um, at one point, I think. Maybe, I don't know. Either way, he's really, really good. Um, he also directed the first Thor movie, which I think is really? not amazing, but yeah, he lo- he really, it, I, did I didn't love it, that. but yeah, he directed that one. Um, I think he did a lot of cool aspects with that, but he also used a lot of Dutch angles and it was really weird. Yeah. But he dude, he like, I like when I was watching the tra- trailer, I was like, Oh, that's Kenneth Branagh. And then I was like, I, and then he starts talking and I was like, Whoa, like yeah. you are different, man. Like, yeah. Um, and there's just some other actors that like it. I feel like this movie has probably the most, I get, no, I don't know if that's true because this past couple movies have always like had a good array of actors. But, I like, think this, this movie, movie has a lot of actors that are about to explode. Yes. Like Elizabeth like, Debicki, yes. Robert Pattinson, John David Washington. Like they're These not all mega stars. That, like, they're not mega stars, but they've made but themselves known that they are be. good actors. Yeah. And it's like, okay. It was kind of the same thing with um, with Inception, where it was yeah. like you had it had DiCaprio. Joseph Gordon Levitt. So you had DiCaprio, right? Yeah. And but then you had like Joseph Gordon Levitt. You had Ellen Page. You had Tom Hardy. You had. Um, it had some stars. It had more stars in Inception than it. Inception than he does is now. Is my I, I will say and we're kind of just getting into this whole Nolan discussion, and at some point we'll do like a Nolan dedicated episode. Yeah. Sure maybe after Tenet comes out or something. But um, Inception is like my definition of what a ensemble cast looks like. Yeah. Right. If you're doing a movie that has a bunch of main characters, like Inception is like the gold standard of it. Right. Yeah. Where it starts off with like just them two and then it slowly like builds and adds on and they each have a role to play. And you just like you just love all of the characters you like you get to. Like Tom Hardy's character, and you're like, oh, you're kind of a jerk. Wait, no, I like you. And you get to Ellen Page, and you're like, okay, what's up with like you? And then you're like, oh, okay, you're like really like cool because you're like the you know creating the dreams and whatnot. Right. And it's like, and obviously DiCaprio's character is like the is like the glue, the main. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, and so I, with all that being said, it seems like Tenet is going to be like that whole thing where it's going to be like, yeah, I think it's going to start with Washington's character. And then you're going to like get introduced to a couple other characters and Pattinson's going to be kind of like, I think he's probably going to end up stealing the show personally. See, like, I, he's going to be a supporting actor, but he might do that kind of Joker role where it's like, he's a supporting actor, but everybody's like really invested in that. Yes. Whole arc. That's the thing is like, people are like, Oh, I really like your, character. <clears throat> even though you're not the main character and you're not like the, the focal front, it's just like in right. every scene you're in, you're just like, dude, I love you. Yeah. Like, and it, like, there's that scene at the end of the trailer where he's just like, like you want to crash a plane and he's like, he's like, well, not in the air. Don't be so dramatic, you know? And yeah. then, and, it, and he's like, well, how big of a plane? And he's like, well, that part is a bit dramatic. And it's just <laughs> like, and it's just like, like, it just makes me laugh, you know? Yeah. Like, and, it, and I said, when we were watching them, like that it's Christopher Nolan flexing on like with his, he's like, Oh know, yeah, like, we wrecked a plane because we yeah, had the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I think every movie he sort of does this, or at least in a lot of movies, like I'm thinking of the three main ones and it's like, in the dark night, they flipped that truck. Yeah, where it was like it, like in real life, they flipped that truck. I was like, "What?" what? Yeah, and then, uh, and then in 
Inception, they had that box, right? That's actually yeah, like that turning. they did the hotel fight scene in. Yes, yeah. yes, that was in such a cool way to shoot that. Super I was cool. like, I'm like, dude, that's like a stuntman's dream right there. It's so cool. Looks, it looks like a, it looks like a playground. Like, right, it's so cool. Um, and then now it's like, yeah. We got a mega plane and crashed it. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm sure he's gonna like Nolan blow up a is boat or something. Like, there's gonna be oh, something yeah. cool in there. Yeah, and that's another good thing that Nolan does a really good job of is like really immersing yourself in the world and really letting the CGI not be a distracting. It's always like, minor because yeah, he's a big practical effects guy. Like he shoots on film and he's big for practical effects. So like there's yeah. like his movies will age really well. Oh yeah, and this movie is going to be incredible in IMAX. Like, yeah, God, I can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for this movie, and I'm and people are like a lot of people were saying that it looks really confusing, and I'm like, I don't. Every okay, a- here's the thing, and this drives me nuts because I remember there was one time somebody told me they didn't like Interstellar because it was confusing. Okay, listen, you need to understand these these plots that. Christopher Nolan is giving you are not straightforward. They're usually nonlinear and they usually deal with like yeah. some kind of sci-fi element. And like the, the draw of them is that you're not just going to go see a boring thing that takes you from point A to point B. You're like jumping all over the place and you're going to see a whole bunch of crazy different things. A lot of his scenes are really quick. They're not a typical scene. They're like, you know, like three lines of dialogue and then you're going to the next scene and next scene and next scene. He's got a ton of scenes in his movies and on top of all that, it's like sci-fi, and he yeah. does a different like brand, different flavor yeah. of sci-fi each time. Um, so the whole like it's confusing thing, stupid. Like just stop, come on. Yeah. Like it's gonna it, be kind of confusing the first time you watch it. So watch it again. It'll make more sense, and you pick up yeah. new things. It's awesome. It's wonderful. That's why I want to rewatch Interstellar because I haven't seen that movie in years. And like I remember, like it made sense to me. I was like, I thought about it, and I was like okay so we accessed like through like space travel like essentially this like new dimension right like sort of he could yeah and it's like i'm like okay that that weird but makes sense yeah. i remember the first time i watched inception and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> and i watched it again a couple weeks ago i mean I, I've, I've seen that movie a, a couple of times throughout like uh, more than a few times throughout my life because i just love that movie it's like top 10 for me um and i remember i watched it like maybe when the whole quarantine thing started. And I was like, that movie made perfect sense to me. Yep. Like you can't watch it when you're tired though. Like go, do not go watch Christopher Nolan's movies. If you're, it's like, if it at like 1am and then be like, you get out of it at like, like 3am or three or 4am. And you're like, what? Yeah. You can't do what that. What just happened? <laughs> you cannot do that. Cause that's what happened with interstellar for me. Like I, I finished and I was like, What? What yeah. just happened? Yeah. Huh? The first time I watched it, I didn't fully get it. But yeah, the second time I got it and the third time it was just like, this is yeah. great. And now I've seen it like six times. I'm sure like so far the concept for Tenet seems very simple. But like I'm sure when you get into it, you're going to be like, oh, it's, it's going to be a little convoluted. Like there's yeah. even with Dunkirk, but, there was parts that were difficult to like fully understand the first time you saw it. But yeah. like they won't be a hindrance. Like it'll be subtle things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, it's needless to say we're pretty excited. Anyway, Stoked. I think unless you have anything else to say, I think it's time to get into. Let's hop into Hero's Journey. Yeah. Um. So I feel like we should start off with just kind of laying out what the Hero's Journey is, and 
like explaining the concept and the pretty much the stages and flow of it as like a whole. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah. So essentially the hero's journey is probably maybe one of the more done plot archetypes for stories in Mm -hmm. American storytelling. Um, you see it in all, almost all of like major, uh, uh, movie franchises. You see it a ton in books. Um, it's, it's used a lot. Um, and there's a bunch of different ways to go about doing it, but essentially the way each of these stories starts is you've got a character, your main character in their status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's usually like nothing spectacular is happening. Like in the case of the Hobbit, no adventures. Um, and then there is a call to an adventure. Uh, so for example, in the Lord of the Rings, Gandalf shows up. And he tells Frodo in The Lord of the Rings that he's got to destroy the One Ring. Um, So then there's that call, and then there's an immediate refusal of that call. So that's Frodo saying, like, I don't want to do this. Uh, As with every Hobbit, he's like, but life's comfortable, and there's no It's like, oh, I can't do this. I have this and this. Right. You know, like... They kind of make excuses of like why they can't right. do so then such thing. They uh, they meet their mentor. Um, and actually, for this case, we have Gandalf as a mentor, uh, especially so in The Hobbit. But we also have, for the case of Lord of the Rings, it's not actually totally Gandalf as the mentor figure. It's the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have uh, Gimli, Legolas, Boromir, and Aragorn. Right. I'm not missing anybody, am I? There's also Mary and Pippin, but that's more right. So... They they do not mentor anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have your uh, your meeting of your mentors, and then they cross the first threshold. And this is usually like I want to say this is like the break of Act One to Act Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship set off from Rivendell on their journey, 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 journey <laughs> to Mount Doom. Um. So that's usually like your your first act break, and then you break into act two. And in the case of Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship goes into Moria, Moria, and they face Moria. the Balrog. Johnny. And, and uh, Gandalf gets dragged down. Actually, that's the end of act one, and that's the inciting incident that breaks you into, into act two. Yeah. Um, and so then that's like your testing phase. And then we have uh, you kind of like, uh, you, you kind of like break into Act Two and like nothing major happens, but in the case of Lord of the Rings, it's Frodo sees the ring's uh, corruptive power, um, and I want to say that's that's when they're up uh, and the the ringways ring wraiths show up. Yeah. Um, no, that's when Boromir tries to take the ring because Frodo gets seen by Sauron. Yeah. So then you have an ordeal. Um, and that's like just another hurdle to overcome. In this case, Gollum leads Frodo away from Sam to Shelob. Um, and I think this is just like taking Frodo, like just Frodo's journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say Frodo is arguably the, you know, the hero of that story. And then there's a right. lot of characters going on and there's a lot of stories going on. Yeah. Um, 
very similarly. So like you, you're using Lord of the Rings as a heavy example. Yeah, this is was, like was, an was, overarching like the whole series Frodo's journey kind of thing. So then you have yeah. after your like main uh, climactic hump, you gotta you gotta climb over, um, which is Frodo is like he just gets to the end and he doesn't want to destroy the ring. Um, so then you have like your your falling action where everything starts to wrap mm-hmm. up. Gollum bites off. Frodo's finger, Gollum dies, ring gets burned, yippee, yeah. all is well. Um, so then, yeah, more falling action, Sauron's defeated, and then Sam and Frodo reunite with the Fellowship, and um, typically, instead of just like, the way I think I saw actually Dan Harmon, who does Rick and Morty, the way I saw mm-hmm. him um, describe it was, your character starts in a zone of comfort, but they can't end in a zone of comfort. And so they return having done everything, but they have changed. And so in the case of Frodo, he can't go back to being normal Frodo anymore. And he has to leave middle earth. Yeah. So that's like your overarching hero's journey in extreme, probably even a little bit too much detail. And and there's a lot of variation to it, but more so like I, I would say, at least from what I know, and, and the hero's journey is based off of um, Joseph Campbell. It's like it was a story that he did, and now a lot of storytellers have followed in his footsteps with that story. And there, and now there's a whole lot of fluctuations with it, but more so it's like, oh, here's a character in a very comfortable situation, but they kind of want to get away from it. You know, they don't let their life is kind of sucky or whatever. Right. Or maybe they're just, you know, they're in a very safe place. Then they kind of get yanked out of that and, and from a mentor figure, and then their mentor figure uh, ends up dying or something happens, and then the character goes through these dramatic changes and goes through a, a really dark spot and ends up having to rise from that. And then, you know, uh, ends up becoming a, a better character and is basically like torn down and built up until, you know, they go through this s- cycle. And so, um, like, you know, it, as I always mention, like, I, well, I think – in, in my personal, uh, like, I call it the the nerd trifecta, <laughs> which is Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. Right. Um, and obviously, a lot of those are, like, Lord of the Rings is the oldest, Star Wars is second oldest, and then Harry Potter is the newest. But, like, those three are very massive in pop culture and in, yeah. in, in fiction in general. And all of those, if you think about it, like, really have... Obviously, their stories are drastically different. You've got, you know, Lord of the Rings, which is very fantasy in terms of it's like, you know, more medieval fantasy. And then you've got Star Wars, which is more space fantasy. And then you've got uh, Harry Potter, which is kind of like this weird, like modern fantasy on like wizards and witchcraft and stuff like that. And it's it's pretty interesting the more you think about it. But um, so obviously, for example, though, like you, you laid out the whole thing of Lord of the Rings. For Star Wars, which I know, like, the back of my freaking hand, you know, it's, like, it, all three trilogies, Hero's Journey. Yeah. Like, it's, like, I'm not even kidding. It's, like, you've got, right, so you've got um, the prequels. We'll start off with that. I'll go in chronological order. You've got Anakin. He's on Tatooine. He gets yanked off to this th- of the planet to go to the, like, to leave the Jedi, or to leave to become a Jedi. And then... Uh, and that's like he's in this very comfortable spot. He gets taken away, and then basically Qui Gon dies, right? And then he start, and even his mom dies, and like he's going through these uh, changes and things like that. Yep. And and you know, Anakin Skywalker has one of the greatest like arcs because it's a, you know it's a six film arc rather than a three film arc. Um, 
And, and so then his mentor figure dies and he kind of goes through this change and he kind of hits rock bottom with that being the, you know, his turn to the dark side. And obviously then he ends up kind of coming back up from that. That's in, in a nutshell. That's, that's Anakin. You've got Luke in the same situation. It's <laughs> the got, exact same story, yeah, except Luke just doesn't turn into Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what happens with Luke, right, is he's on Tatooine. Then he's like, I can't leave. Like, I've got my farm here and stuff. They murk his uncle and aunt. And it's yep. like, well, and so then he's <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess I can go with this old man now who knew my dad to be a Jedi. His old man, dad, Jedi dude died. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, well, okay. Well, then, you know, he's still going. Th- and he kind of he kind of comes up from that. But then, you know, it continues even further. And Empire Strikes Back where he's, you know, he's so- slowly training in to be a Jedi. And then, boom, your dad is the wor- e- most evil man in the galaxy, minus Emperor Palpatine. But, yep. you know, like, it's pretty much there. And you're like, well, crap. Also gets his hand cut off and, like, his butt kicked. Um, oh, and his best friend gets frozen in carbonite, and it's like, okay, they just lost big time. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, happy 40th anniversary to Empire Strikes Back. I love that movie. Uh, Great movie. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, Return of the Jedi, you know, he comes back, and um, and he ends up redeeming, uh, redeeming Anakin Skywalker or Darth Vader. And so it's kind of that whole thing where it's like both of those characters, they kind of went back to where they started but were much different and I, it's not exactly the same i feel like but it's like you know anakin he came back to being a jedi but he was much different right right luke you know he inevitably like he got back to that spot where he was safe again you know but obviously it's like okay well he's gone through a lot he's lost his aunt his uncle he's had to convert his convert his dad back to the light side um he now has a sister like all of this new stuff right gone through dramatic changes yeah and then you've got the sequel trilogy, the same thing. You've got Rey. Rey gets yanked off of another desert planet. Star Wars and desert planets. I don't freaking know why, but at least it's not Tatooine, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, but it's bas- It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same. Uh, and it's like, oh, she gets yanked off this because she pretty much is forced to, just like the previous two. Yep. Then she finds a mentor in Han Solo. Han Solo dies. She's like, oh, but, well, I guess I'll go train to be a Jedi. And then, yep. And then she gets trained, and then Luke dies, and it's like, well, darn. Yep, it's <laughs> then, the exact same thing over yeah. and over and over again, repackaged yeah, and Star just given it a different way. At its core, like it, like is the basic formula of least of the main movies is the hero's journey. Now, yeah. obviously, there's a lot of stories within Star Wars and a lot of characters, but those basic main characters with Anakin, Luke, and Rey are all like they're all very much the same, right? They, yeah. they go through these experiences and all of that. And then obviously with Harry Potter, it's very similar where it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's this orphan kid. His parents are gone. He lives with his crappy aunt and uncle. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, he's a wizard. And he's kind of forced into this other world. And that's an, a big part of the hero's journey as well is on the, all of the diagrams I was seeing, it's basically they're in a, a normal world and then they transit, they, they make a leap into the, weird uh, abnormal world yeah so with star wars that's more like you know he's basically like at a farm and, or whatever and then it's like oh wow he goes out into space or and, and it's like oh god like everything is so much different here you've got these weird aliens and all this stuff yep harry potter is like wizards and stuff and even with um with the hobbit and lord of the rings it's like oh man okay i'm in a completely different place than the shire um, the shire yeah yeah it's like it, you know you've got elves and um and dwarves and all this other stuff like it's drastically different and so 
that's kind of one component of it is basically the character going from a a their normal world to a completely surreal and like weird world i think another example of that is like um one of my favorite book series as a kid which i would love to go back to and reread but there's just so many of them that i just don't really want to tackle that it's percy jackson yeah and the olympians and i loved those books as a kid but that that's pretty much was hey here's uh greek mythology harry potter <laughs> exactly it's, and um and that's what they did and also they're making a disney plus series i saw that i'm uh, super I'm, i don't I'm, okay I'm, I'm not gonna say i'm super stoked i'm a little bit stoked i'm pretty stoked because those books were like my childhood yeah like i, like, I mean i loved harry potter but i didn't read the books as much as a, as a kid for harry potter I, I mostly watched the movies percy jackson i read all seven of those books and then even continued on with his sequel series yeah and i read his egyptian mythology series too yep and guess what and that Egyptian mythology series, the same It's a thing hero's happened. journey. Yeah. They're like, oh, our dad is like, we're like, oh, we're two, we're brother and sister. And then it's like, oh, our dad died. And then it's like, whoa, we're like gifted with these magical powers because our mom was actually an Egyptian goddess. And I'm like, yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think what there's two uh, like symptoms of hero's journey. More often than not, it's for fantasy stories like sci-fi and fantasy it's very fantasy related like as i was saying that i was like wow these are all they're all fantasy fantasy. of some kind like some of them Mm -hmm. are sci-fi um but more often than not uh it's also packaged in with like the chosen one Mm -hmm. archetype as well yes not all of them but a lot of them are like it's prophesied that you're gonna do blah 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 blah, and then they do uh, it lord of the rings harry potter star wars all of like chosen one right like yeah oh you you can bury the weight of there you can carry the weight of the ring oh you can defeat voldemort oh you can bring balance to the force right and now i think modern stories are starting to like distance themselves from the chosen one part but they're using hero's journey to kind of like still do it but they're just like yes no not so much chosen one because that's like overbaked a little bit it's pretty cliche yeah a little bit it's kind of like a fantasy trope at this point that oh, oh it's yeah. like oh, you're yeah. the chosen one you were yeah, meant it, to bring balance to the force not it, that's like over darkness that's like the most overused thing since like the MacGuffin. yeah it's like his which i'd love to do an episode on MacGuffins as well on like That'd be dope. because like that's a very popular thing is like oh here's this item that's like crucial to the story and without it it's like and so many stories use MacGuffins. yeah um, and another thing that i was thinking of is like almost like in a weird way like a lot of marvel movies are forms of heroes journeys yeah where it's like almost oh, all of them actually yes at, at least like, the first ones like the like origin stories of every hero is a hero iron journey. man captain america weird thor yeah um like black panther uh, black panther spider-man like it's they're all and and obviously they're all variants of one another yeah um i was in when i was thinking of uh, i was in the shower before we recorded this and i was thinking of of different things and i was like one of them that i thought was actually like a a really good and fresh take on the hero's journey when it came to at least the comic book form was spider-man into the Mm spider-verse which is a which is a lot different than regular spider-man where it's like he was like he's kind of thrust into this like like he, it's not like he like doesn't want to do it. It, it. It's like, and it has a little bit in that. But like Spider-Man into the Spider Verse, it's like, okay, you've got this normal kid who likes being normal, right? Right. And he's like, and you know, he's honestly pretty content with his life until obviously like he gets bit by a spider, and he's like, crap, like I don't want to do this. And then he gets this mentor figure. Yep. Um, and it's like it's 
it's it's like the hobbit elements essentially yes it's that yeah, same brand like, of hero's journey and um yeah and i don't want to rush this or anything but like i guess the first thing is like is is the hero's journey like will it ever get old is it getting old or is there are are storytellers making enough creative differences or not creative differences but like basically changes and different ways to the like methods to the formula for it to for it to be fresh or like even if it was the same old same old would we would we get sick of it you know yeah so i okay as somebody who writes stories i don't know that getting old is the correct way to say it but like you see it all the time yeah and so because like i read books about like plot structure and like i watch lectures about it i hear like it's one of the three or four most used absolutely for just like stories in general probably like 60 percent of the things that i consume it's like here's journey. here's journey yeah like <laughs> yeah. it's everywhere um yeah so i think there are elements of it that are kind mm-hmm. of like being gotten rid of like chosen one that whole trope they're like okay eh, a little bit much let's yeah let's make it a little bit more modern where you know there's just a little bit more going on than you're going to save the world. Like maybe there's yeah. more than one protagonist or yes. maybe the uh, mentor figure isn't one figure or maybe the yeah. mentor figure is flawed. That's See, a big okay, one. So that's what I was. That's like, like Hamish hey in Hunger Games, a flawed right. mentor figure. That was new. Yes. So, okay. So here's the thing that I was going to say to, to preface this, as we were coming up with the idea of this, I wanted to do an episode dedicated to uh, stories that involve basically a duet like two characters that being a more so a parental figure and a child figure right yeah and that being like and it can be a father a son like and and their kid but most of the time like when i think of those stories it's usually not their kid it's like that the kid is kind of forced upon them and yeah and i think that is a very new and like within maybe the past 20 years i would say is a very fresh take on the hero's journey because more often than not the kid isn't the main the the main character. Right, it's the, the mentor. Is, yeah, it's almost like right. telling the hero's journey from the perspective of from a flawed mentor. Yes. Um, and typically they're not in a zone of comfort; they're in a zone of discomfort. Yes. And the end or, is like they either come back to a zone of comfort or like they die. Yes. Yeah. So like when when I was thinking of this, and, and so to give some ideas of like the story, if, if people are like, okay, well what's an story example of that? When I thought of it, it was like, um, the video game, the last of us, the video game, the God, uh, God of war, the 2018 rendition, mm-hmm. um, and Logan, Logan and is probably also, my favorite as, one. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then also you just mentioned it. I was like, hunger games had a little bit of that. Cause although it wasn't from Hamish's perspective, right. It was like, I thought about that and I was like, oh, Hamish is the flawed mentor, right? Yep. Like that's, and that's a big thing. Um, and like, weirdly enough, like sometimes like the, the MCU version of Spider-Man is a little bit like that where it's like, yeah, sort of, I guess like with Iron Man and Spider-Man where it's like, yeah. and, and I won't get into the whole thing cause I, I have thoughts on that stuff, but that's go check out Comet Blast if you're interested in that. I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point or I have in the past. Um, but that's another thing where it's like, you know, Tony Stark isn't like this perfect character, you know? Right. Like, and in, a, and in a lot of those stories that like those classic heroes journey, those mentor figures are put on this pedestal, this holy grail. I mean, yeah, you've think got Gandalf. Obi-Wan and Ga- Gandalf yeah. and Dumbledore, right? Yep. And then more, more often than not, though, 
a lot of those stories, I, I'm, I'm realizing this, it's like they start off and you think they're like these amazing characters. And then later in the story, they reveal something about those characters that it's like, oh, they're not as good as we thought they were. I right. think Gandalf is maybe the exception to that. Although, like, I would say maybe, I think there are a couple times that he's like shown to have a little bit of flaws, um, but not very much. Normally he's put on like Gandalf as like, dude, Gandalf can't do any wrong. Like, Right. Yeah. And I think Tolkien used Gandalf to be like a, like a God figure. Yeah. Um, or at least yes. like a Jesus figure at a minimum. Yeah. And that was subtle. I don't even think he did it intentionally, mm-hmm. but I think, uh, like a, a modern, like, okay. If you see George R. R. Martin, he talks about Tolkien a lot in lectures and like, cause people ask him questions about Tolkien a ton. They're like, yeah, you know, you are famous. Talk about Tolkien <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't, Cause I guess Tolkien is the father of fantasy or something, but pretty much one thing that Gandalf, not Gandalf. One thing that George R. R. Martin <laughs> talks about, uh, frequently is the fact that Gandalf is the perfect mentor and how, um, even though game of Thrones, there is not actually really much of a hero's journey going on. Um, he kind of talks about how that, that perfect mentor figure was, revolutionary at the time because the hero's journey wasn't a thing much before that but now it's like okay we want flaws in every character at least as modern consumers because we see flaws in everything that we see do Mm. everything so we want all of our characters to be flawed somehow and i think that's kind of like the modern spin on it is we want flawed mentors we want flawed protagonists which that is constant because the thing that binds all of our stories together is conflict. And so how do you get conflict? You got flaws and you got to overcome those mm-hmm. flaws. But yeah, I think one of the things that's being done is you're like shaking up how the story is being brought to you. You're shaking up how many protagonists, like now it's LGBTQ protagonists or like three or four protagonists or being the story being told from the perspective of a mentor yes. and like, which is really cool because I dig it. I dig it a lot because it's super different and unique. And it's like, okay. And a lot of times, like the mentors, like I think this is, and they're probably going to change this up, but like the mentors don't want to be a mentor. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you've got like literally all of the ones that I'm thinking of God of War, Last of Us, Logan, and then even Spider Man into the Sp- Spider Verse, which it's not told from Peter B. Parker's perspective, but that's a character who is like, I am a very flawed human being, and right. I don't want to be your teacher. Right. And then obviously, and they and they both, I think it's cool because, you know, it's not the, um, it's not the main character or the younger character learning everything from this older character. They're both teaching each other things. You know, exactly. like the the you know the mentor figure is learning things from. You know, as being a mentor, and so you see that in you know in Logan where they they grow attached, and yeah, and he becomes more of a humbler soul. Like especially like, you know, when they get that uh, or when they go to that farm, and mm. like, and <laughs> it's like, and they have like they you know they have that really like really sweet like dinner, you know, yeah. Because um, even in Logan, Logan has a mentor figure. Yes, and but so, he also has to take care for his mentor figure, right? With that like being, it's really with that cool because X. even still, it's a hero's journey with. Obviously, Hugh Jickman as Logan, <laughs> yeah. as your hero, but he's also a mentor and he's also being mentored. And it's like, yeah. okay, that's cool because it's it's a different way of seeing it. Like, okay, imagine if Force Awakens was from the perspective of Han Solo. 
God. Like, how much be better sick. would that have been? Like, That'd that be would be so cool. much cooler. Okay, imagine, like, he's bringing Ray on as his little protege, but he's also got the, the deal with his son. Like, that's just... There's such yeah. good conflict there. Imagine if they would have not done a typical hero's journey and would have been like, okay, let's tell this from the perspective of yeah. Han Solo. That would have been crazy, though, like if Han had been like, no. like, I, Well, I think that was maybe probably why he was skeptical of, like, you know, accepting Rey anyways. Like, bro, my son's on the dark side now. Right. Like, I don't – and that was – that. Well, but, you see, you see that from Luke in The Last Jedi. And I, and I thought about that. I was like – that's probably what Ryan Johnson was trying to do is make it this different modern take mm-hmm. on Luke Skywalker where Luke Skywalker doesn't want to train anybody. He's not this perfect mentor figure. He's not your Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not your Gandalf. He's not your Dumbledore. Yeah. He's this guy who is a hermit and he doesn't want it to be left. Like he wants to be left alone because he screwed up and he has baggage. And it's like, well, both, both Ray teaches him like there's still hope and there's still, and like, he has to learn that all over again, you know? Yeah. And, and people get mad at that. It's like, how can this character have been, you know, the most optimistic, like, Jedi in Return of the Jedi? And he brought back the most evil guy in the galaxy. And it's like, in real life, we have to relearn the same lessons every day, you know? Yeah, some I think the problem like, is that, like, true, you know, you want to see a little bit of it, but it needed to be foreshadowed a little bit more. Um, yeah. Because Luke was set up to be like a perfect mentor figure from what we already knew about him. And there was no, uh, like we had to learn all of his flaws at like one moment when it was all of a sudden, there was no flaws before that. And then all of a sudden, uh, the last Jedi, there is flaws. And, but he had flaws in the original trilogy too. He did, but they were just different. Yeah. And like, I agree with that. It's like, okay, well you've kind of totally changed the, trajectory of a character from this yeah. trilogy to this trilogy it's but. almost like they tried to turn him into yoda from empire strikes back and it just yeah. didn't work because it was like yeah there's oh, not there's true. not like the same correlation here and, and yoda and you can see that arc with yoda from yeah. the prequels to the original like it's like seamless that. it's absolutely yes. seamless and with, with luke it's like luke, it's, it's not. like it's luke, choppy he's like He's like, I am the most optimistic Jedi ever. Like, <laughs> right. And then he's a total pessimist. And it's like, okay, but I need to know why. Because with yeah. Yoda, I get it. Like, that's a cataclysmic event, a massive inciting incident for that character arc. With Luke, there's nothing. Like, okay, well, to play devil's advocate here, okay. Luke did his nephew burned the entire Jedi temple down and he killed like pretty much all of the Jedi. Like, but we didn't see it and it was in dream sequences that we knew it was happening. And so it was like, eh, yeah, yeah. Sure. see, I, I still say this and I'm trying, I'll, I'm going to divert from the whole star Wars thing. Cause I like, I hate, I'm sure people get sick of it and I don't want it to be this star Wars podcast, but if you're, if you're listening to me, like you're pretty much, you're going to get a little bit of the ride. Yeah. Cause that's how I am. Um, what was I going to say? I think the first movie in, in that trilogy should have been focused on uh, Luke and Ben and yeah. like so showing that. Yeah. Then it'd be like The Force Awakens and then pretty much the last one be like this kind of combo of like Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker or even the middle movie be a combination of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, right? Or it's like, yeah, yeah. it's just, anyway, that's a whole different thing. Um, there was another question I had though regarding... Um, hero's journey um and that was let me see um oh okay like what how and why has it become so iconic 
Like I think just because it's an easy way to take a main character cuz okay, a key aspect of this hero's journey uh archetype is that your main character is learning as they go along. Yeah. And I think it's a cool way for uh authors and screenwriters and, you know, filmmakers. It's a cool way for them to take their character from, you know, Kansas to we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. We're in Oz. Yeah. Like it's a cool way to get you from point A to point B in a fashion that kind of makes sense. And I think another thing to kind of go along with what you're saying is it is easier for the reader or the audience member to kind of follow the story because we're following it from a perspective of like this character doesn't really know much. Yeah. Rather than, you know, a character that knows a lot more. Yeah. Um, and also, like, and, if you're going to yeah. do a series, Hero's Journey is a great way to set up the first installment. And then with the next ones, you do a, something a little bit different. Yeah. Like you would do maybe a heist with the second or third. Or maybe you would do, like, a thriller archetype with the second or third. Something different. And Hero's Journey sets everything up. John Wick is a Hero's Journey story. Yeah. I just thought about that. Yep. Literally, it's like you've got this guy. He's in a comfortable situation without the mentor figure thing. I get one night, but he sort of does. He does. It's like, the dude from the hotel. The Continental. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, they killed his dog. He's going back now. <laughs> like, right. and you get into this, and it's like he doesn't underworld. want to, and then he does, and then it's like all of a sudden, it's it's hero's journey. And then they do it again in the second movie. Yeah, and then the third <laughs> movie like, isn't. Yeah the 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 third movie yeah it, the first two movies are the third mer- movie is like uh is definitely like a you know okay he's here now like yeah i don't all i out. don't know if there's an archetype for what the third movie is i really think it's and if i thought about it more i probably could equate it to an archetype mm-hmm. but it's truly just like okay he's in a bad situation and it's yeah so he he does not start out in a zone of comfort or a, a status quo because it does yeah. carry on from the second one so it's immediate uh it's like in media race um it's in the middle of a problem and then he's got to solve it and he spends the rest of the movie solving that problem that he's in um and it works because the problem is huge um so yeah uh i don't know what that archetype is but it's it's just like he spends the whole movie trying to solve one problem and he just deals with like problem after problem after problem right right it's probably a thriller archetype Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's John Wick, there's like fight scenes that just kind of like slow it down. So it's not fast. Yeah. It's not quick yeah. at all. Um, yeah. but it's probably some kind of like a thriller thing. Cause you, it's right. kind of like the whole, um, like an ocean waves kind of thing where it's like you go over one wave, you get in a little, uh, a little bit of a valley and you go over another wave and get a little bit of valley. So it's just constant up and down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. The first two are totally hero's journey. Yeah I, yeah, I think the only reason I pointed that out was because you can literally find the hero's journey everywhere, anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Like it's it's so commonplace. Like I'm just like looking at like all my games and movies, and I'm just trying to identify like how many of these are a form of the hero's journey. Like it's just okay. Have you seen the movie Children of Men? I have not. That's hero's journey from the perspective of the mentor. Let me so look that up. essentially what happens is you've got a guy who 
was, uh, let's see, he's like in a, okay, essentially it's people can no longer have biological children anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like this dystopian sci-fi thing. Um, and so the main character is like a reluctant, he just doesn't care. Like, yeah, he just doesn't care about anything. Um, and then one of his old buddies, Michael Caine, uh, he nice. brings him into this uh, thing where it's like there's a, a, a girl who's had a biological baby mm-hmm. and they have to protect her and the government like wants to kill her or something. Um, and so he has to like, because he has a certain set of skills, he has to like take her from point A to point B. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's, it might even That's be like a utopia. The last of us. Yeah. It's pretty much the last of us. Um, it's just yeah. told from the perspective of the mentor instead uh, of the mentee. Also Logan. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, Oh, and skills. This person has like, yeah. And here you go. Get- it's a common thread and this spoils children of men. So I'm sorry if you want to not have spoilers, a, you have okay, to skip like 15 He's seconds. He's going to die, right? He dies. He dies at the yeah. end and she lives. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just perfect. Like here, here's your name. From yeah. the perspective of the mentor, but that was that think, was made in like two thousand three, six, two thousand six. Okay, that's what it said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, I can see who these people are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think with that example, like it'll go to show that somehow, in some way, we will see new ways of people telling the creative or the, the creative ways of telling different takes on yeah. the hero's journey. Yeah. Because I think this is definitely like a big step in that. And then it's like, you know, because almost in a way, like those mentor figures are also a hero in themselves where they're like, they're in a comfortable place where, but like they're more so in a place where they just don't want to do anything. They don't care about anything. Right. And they're kind of forced to grow out of that, you know? Yeah. There's an inciting incident that forces them to take action in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll see like different ways. It's just it's just hard to say like how you know. Yeah. Um. And I I would love for for me like I would love for some way to come up of a different variation of the hero's journey. Yeah. Um. But it, it's safe to say the hero's journey isn't going away anytime soon. No. There's going to be different like variations. Said, like people will do like what they're doing with the mentor situation where they're going to try and put a different spin on it. Yeah. Um, chosen one. I, I don't know if that's coming back that much. Um, I, but see, I, that's going to come back like, there was, like 20 years maybe, but like for but now see, it's, yeesh. but like, I, I would, I would agree with that, but like there's still chosen one stuff oh, yeah. all the time. Like literally there was a movie, like I mentioned to it, the kid who would be King. Yeah. Literally another hero's journey. The kid is the chosen one. He's King Arthur or no, he's the, he's like the descendant of King Arthur or whatever. He's the chosen one, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And in a way, I mean, Interstellar is also kind of like a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very true. It's, Batman. Bat, yeah. Batman Begins is hero's journey. Dark Inception. Inception is heist. But it's also hero's journey for the main character. It's not because, as much because it's like you can see the plot beats for a heist plot um, where it's like, okay, he needs to... Uh, there needs to be a reason why he takes a job. Um, it's kind of like a big, like if he doesn't, there's stakes. Like that's what I'm trying to say. There's stakes. If he doesn't take the job, yeah. bad yeah. things will happen. So he starts assembling his team. He starts, um, 
bringing out all of his buddies from the past and yeah. then uh they learn together they make a plan they learn they figure out how they're gonna do it and then they're like okay we're gonna do it they go do it and then there's a twist at some point in there between them doing it and the end big twist changes everything they got to figure out how to deal with it maybe everything goes to crap maybe it doesn't and then it all wraps up yeah we need we need to talk about heist movies at some point too because freaking love heist movies movies um we've got we still have a lot of different like major topics to talk about um what did you just drink i just drank cold coffee (laughs) oh nice i do that all the time (laughs) um how do I have much else to say other I I can't drag this on any longer <laughs> unless uh, unless you've got more stuff to say. No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, be on the lookout for heist or not heist, sorry. <laughs> Heroes journey story archetypes. Um, once you start oh, looking yeah. for them, you see them everywhere, especially in sci-fi and fantasy, but you see them absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I think you can make it work with almost anything. In, anything that involves a weird wacky world or, or or just some kind of different take on a world or whatever where it's like yeah oh uh, they're kind of forced into this whole thing it's just like there's a lot of elements of the hero's journey that even if it's not the hero's journey they that they take from mm-hmm. whether that be a mentor figure whether that be um the character kind of like hitting their lowest point and having to grow from that and kind of starting back at the same point they left off but yeah. not being the same like there's just so many cuz it's such a multi-layered uh, format of storytelling yep. that you can take, you can kind of pick and choose some of those and make it into a kind of a new thing, right? Yep. Um, because it just it really covers so many bases and common stories and threads. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of answers the question of what makes it so iconic is because it's so versatile. It's like it's like the multi tool of storytelling. Yeah, it's iconic because of the mentor figures and the protagonists. I think when yes. you've got an iconic mentor, which is a key for this. Like Yoda is an iconic mentor. Gandalf is, a, is an iconic mentor. Obi-Wan is an iconic mm-hmm. mentor. Um, you need that, but you also need an mm-hmm. iconic protagonist. Um, and I think if you have a mentor that doesn't fulfill very... the job of a mentor, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work. And if you have a protagonist that doesn't ever go from point A to point B, it doesn't quite work. But once you have yeah. those two things working in tandem, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're very at their core. They're very character driven. Yes, and that that's that's kind of the whole point. It's yeah, like the the characters are integral to the plot. It's not the plot that's the forefront. It's the characters. Yeah, one hundred percent. And maybe maybe that's why I like them so much because I am such a sucker for characters. Yeah, I think characters are more important than plot, but that's. But I think they also go very hand in hand, and that's kind of an argument for another day yeah yeah that's a whole different Um, law that's an hour long podcast right there yeah oh yeah uh maybe we'll talk about that at some point too um but yeah with that being said um that is the end of this episode of the rising action podcast of course as always you can follow us at rising action underscore on instagram Uh, i'm sure josh will make a pretty cool graphic for this episode i would love for him to i have an idea that i think would be cool if he could execute it because i'm not talented enough to do it um (laughs) Hey, here's this idea. See ya. Um, and then, obviously, again, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and I'm sure they're in the links of or the descriptions of wherever you're listening to this. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, is our personal social media. Um, and, uh, yeah, anything else you got to say? Uh, get like a bald man and get out of here.
Oh, I got it. I... <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs>